You told him we'd give him cookies. You do not lie to the prisoners. They didn't know how else to. I didn't know how else to get them on the ship. Your machine screws up. You pull me out of my world into the digital one, and you expect me to know how to be a pirate. You on my ship? Well, yeah. Then yes. Also, you apologize for lying to him. Pirates never apologize. Also, get some structure. Your questions be all over the place. Arr. But I... Stop it. You hadn't lied. You wouldn't be needing to apologize. Wait, why, why does it smell like sulfur? And there are no birds. Suddenly it's dark. Where the heck are we? Ugh. Stupid dimensional transporter put us in the outworld again, Arr. Did that large forearm man just dismember that other guy on the beach? That he did, of course. The Mortal Kombat be progressing as we arrive. Quickly, find Yaunch the Hunter. He can guide us out like last time. Mortal Kombat. You want me to go on land over there? I, I can't. You really need to get better at that. Welcome aboard the Casually Meta, the pirate's vessel where we take hobby gaming seriously. I am your host, CJ. To all our returning listeners, thanks so much for coming back. And to our new listeners, thanks so much for giving us a chance. Today we're going to be discussing Mortal Kombat 11 with streamer and gamer Yautja Hunter. And then we got a little bit going on in the news. And I think we have some interesting facts that maybe uh, the average person who games doesn't really know about the Mortal Kombat franchise and NetherRealm Studios themselves. Now, with no further ado, the news. We've got news, Captain. What y'all be reporting? So coming out in April of 2023, we're going to be seeing Mortal Kombat 12, which would be the 12th installment, um, mainline installment of the series. And interestingly, we're going to be seeing a lot of old characters from things like Mortal Kombat 10, 11, and 9. Um, it's also rumored that there's going to be a significant number of new characters as well. Unfortunately, in regards to Mortal Kombat 11 itself, NetherRealm Studios' website has not reported any new news since July 19th, uh, but maybe we'll see a couple more updates before the new release. Um, interesting, though, uh, they did choose to put out the 12th installment instead of working on the new Injustice game, which I know is going to disappoint some fans, but personally, I think it's pretty cool. We have some more gaming news. Uh, Fortnite's currently celebrating its fourth birthday event. And there's a bunch of stuff going on with that. If you're a big Fortnite player, I'm sure you're excited. Uh, Pokemon Unite is getting Mamoswine. And they're currently working out a bug with Lucario that involves his move Extreme Speed. When you press a button at the same time, when you use that, it, it does like extra damage. lets you one-hit kill uh, your, your opponents. And honestly, it's ruining ranked matches, so... Uh, it's not like Pokemon Unite hasn't dealt with large bugs before. There was an issue with Blastoise in the past. Um, but I'm sure they'll get that figured out and we'll be back into ranked matches very soon. Um, coming out, we have the Shadowrun Trilogy. I'm a big tabletop fan, and Shadowrun is one of the very first tabletops I really ever played. So I'm super excited for that. Um, there's going to be three games, and they're going to be just like the old PC and mobile play. Um, PS5 is getting a massive update, so we're going to have 3D audio coming through your TV speakers, which is pretty crazy. And then there is going to be an update that allows the PS5 to expand its storage. Um, per Tech Radar, uh, we have a couple of interesting games coming out. Um, some I'm pretty excited for myself, and I'm sure plenty more are excited. Uh, I, there was a humongous list. I narrowed down to the ones that I thought were interesting. We're looking at Back for Blood on October 12th, Age of Empires 4, October 28th, Call of Duty Vanguard, November 5th. I know a ton of people are looking for that. Battlefield 2042 is on November 19th. Final Fantasy 14 Endwalker is November 23rd. Halo Infinite, December 8th. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot is coming out on September 24th. Um, so by the time you're listening to this, that should already be out. 
Outer Wild, Echoes of the Eye, September 28th. Same, should already be out. Darksiders 3, September 30th. Uh, Demon Slayer, The Hinokami Chronicles, coming out October 15th. I'm a pretty big fan of that anime myself, so I'm pretty excited for that game. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxies, October 26th. Mario Party Superstars, October 29th. And anybody who is super nostalgic about some of their games would be super excited about that Mario Party game. Coming up next, we're going to take a short break, and then right after that, we're going to sit down with gamer and streamer Yaucha Hunter to discuss some of the obscure facts and history of Mortal Kombat, as well as discuss the most recent game, Mortal Kombat 11, and some strategies and tips and tricks uh, new players can use to really get into that game. So sit back, hold tight, and we'll be right back with you. Thanks for listening. Casually Meta is available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, among others, and all major podcatchers. Please subscribe and leave an iTunes or Podchaser review. If you'd like to reach us, follow us on Twitter at Casually Meta. Join the Thunder Bunnies Discord server or email us at casually.meta.podcast at gmail.com. All of these locations will be provided in the description. Enough of that. Get on with it. And now for our special guest of the episode. Here to talk about Mortal Kombat 11 and its associated games and productions, we have Yalja Hunter. Welcome aboard the Casually Meta. How are you doing today? I am doing great, actually. All right, so you've been playing Mortal Kombat for a long time. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I mean, I've been playing Mortal Kombat off and on through the years. I've played straight through from the first game. Probably around the first game at some point. Probably not when it came out, because I was probably way too young for that. It was in like 1992, so... <laughs> I did play it at some point. But I own most of the games as well. I actually took a look at the uh, the lineup. And there's actually a few that I haven't... That I haven't played. Especially the Game Boy Advance ones. There was two of those, I think. But, uh... Yeah, Mortal Kombat Advance and... What was the other one? Tournament Edition... I haven't played those, but uh, I own most of these games. The only like two and three I definitely have for Sega Genesis. Trilogy was awesome. That was one of my favorites. Uh, I've played Sub Zero. Don't have it. Uh, Mortal Kombat Gold. I've never played. I really kind of want to. Special Forces was another one I never got to play, and that one I really want to play. That one um, they were trying. Like an RPG kind of thing, you were actually running around levels, probably like the story modes that you have now, except you were. It was a very badly um, animated game, from what I know. I've seen a few gameplay footages of it, and ratings were kind of low. Um, yeah, but it comes to like Deception was another one of my favorites. I was a beast with Sub Zero. Deception was a fantastic one. It was. Uh... That was one of my first real immersions into the game myself. Um, my very first Mortal Kombat game was Mortal Kombat 3. I was about seven years old or eight when I got that. It was right when PlayStation first came out. Um, and my parents took it away pretty quickly because it was too violent for my little brother to see. So I didn't have it for very long. And after that, I had Mortal Kombat Trilogy. I don't remember how I got my hands on that. And then uh, then Deception. Yeah, Deception, I actually, um, that's when they started using the multiple fighting styles, I think was Deception, if I remember correctly. It could be. Because um, I remember I was really good with Sub-Zero's longest combo that went through all three fighting styles, his two fighting styles and a weapon. Um, I was pretty good with him. I was destroying a lot of my friends with that one. Uh, Deadly Alliance, I didn't mind it, but I hated the... Um, uh, the little mini story mode because that story mode you, when you trained you had to actually do their combos you couldn't it didn't give you just like a couple to get used to it no you had to actually in order to pass it you had to do like their longest string that went into all three <laughs> and I would sit there for like 20 minutes trying one combo <laughs> it was, but um Shaolin Monks was a fantastic game that was my all-time favorite Mortal Kombat game was Shaolin Monks, and I know that's not a popular opinion. Yeah, it's weird. I I enjoyed that game. Like, yeah, the story mode. It's kind of. I think it was kind of short, but it was still a really good game, and the two-player function was even better. 
Oh, dude, two player on Shaolin Monks was a blast. Uh, one of my good friends in high school used to come over and we would sit there and, and just grind it out. Mm-hmm. We'd play as Liu Kang and um, uh, Kung Lao, and then uh, we would unlock, I think, Scorpion and Sub Zero. I, I think, think so, yeah. I think we're the ones you unlocked, and then we go through the game playing as them. And yeah. honestly, uh, a lot of times when I'm playing a game, and what makes me personally in, uh, really grade a game very high is replay value. Like, is this a game that you're going to play once? You're going to beat it and like, you're done with it. You're like, all right, well, there's nothing else to do. Or how many times are you going to replay it? I think Shaolin Monks is the only game that I ever played where the replay value was just as quality as Metal Gear Solid. And I know I'm going to catch a whole ton of flack for that, but I must have played through the story on Shaolin Monks easy 12 to 15 times just because... It's it, just that fun. It was. It was so much fun. Like and like, especially if you had a friend come over who'd never played before, or even if you did have friends who did play before, you beat it with them previously. You know, for everybody to get to use every single available character, you were looking at a bare minimum of four playthroughs for everybody to get to do everything. And there was also like the hidden puzzles that you had to do. Yeah. Like there was I think one of them was you actually had to uppercut somebody and feed a tree in the living forest yep to get stuff and that was the funnest one to do oh man that game was a blast it was a couple other puzzles some in outworld some in others but it was between getting the weapons and playing as the characters it was such a fun game um little combat armageddon that one was a little that was more technical than i guess most of them because there was a uh uh who was it? uh blaze if you fought him there were times where you weren't getting a hit in, that was the end of it. And there was times where you'd actually get, be able to beat him or at least land a few hits. Mm-hmm. There's just sometimes that randomness that they have with even a normal mode. Blaze would just do a random string of attacks and you, there was no blocking it. You maybe punch him once and then he did his like chest burst, he did some other things and you'd be like dead and you'd be like, I didn't get to do anything. How is this fair? But, uh, that was also a, a fun game, especially when they were changing the uh, the storyline, kind of. When uh, Raiden sent back, you know, the memories through his amulet, and they kind of restarted it. Uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe was actually, that got a lot of backfire. I heard that was, everybody hated that game. I thought it was decent for what it was. I get what they were trying to do, but uh, the biggest thing people were... I guess pissed off about is the heroes doing fatalities and that's what Mortal Kombat was kind of famous for. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to do these heroic brutalities so that, you know, they're not killing people. But when you actually do these things, you realize it's just a... They've taken old Mortal Kombat fatalities and just took out the blood and that was it. <laughs> There was one where a Superman just ground pounds somebody like a nail into the floor. That was Shiva's fatality from way back. Oh yeah, that I think that goes all the way back to like Mortal Kombat two. Something like that. Uh, I'm, I, I know Shiva not two. Shiva wasn't in two. Oh right. Uh, I remember that fatality one hundred percent being in in Mortal Kombat three. It was one of the easier fatalities for the button combo. I think Mortal Goro did it too. If I. Mm- I don't remember ever playing as Goro in Mortal Kombat 3. No, but he had his own fatality and stuff. I didn't have the game long enough to really get into all... I just... I just, I had the game for probably like six months. Something like that. Yeah. And, um... The Green Lantern, your favorite guy. (laughs) (laughs) You know how he picks somebody up and, like, puts them into, like, a ball and then drops them? Okay. That's Ermac. Right. Ermac does that and squishes. (laughs) It's just... I was looking at this and everyone was like, oh, yeah, the heroic, they're not killing him. But I was like... These are literally old fatalities with no blood. <laughs> it's the same thing. Well, you know, Mortal Kombat, the the whole franchise, is kind of known for recycling their stuff like that, though. Like this isn't this isn't a new concept for NetherRealm Studios to go into a Mortal Kombat game and take stuff from the old games. Oh yeah, it, it, it kind of feels like fan service in a way when you look at a game like Mortal Kombat versus DC. And you have characters that are doing fatalities like that, and you're like, oh man, I remember this from that game. It gives you a hit of nostalgia, but it's also cool for like the new audience that maybe maybe they haven't played before. Maybe maybe they were just superhero fans, and this was their introduction to the Mortal Kombat yeah. universe. The thing I just find it funny is that they 
redid their fatalities and the people who were complaining were like, okay, it's fine now. And it's like, yeah, I don't think you realize what happened, but okay, I don't care. Because <laughs> everybody complained about the heroes doing fatalities. And after they redid all that, and I was like, they basically just took the blood out the fatalities. You never know the difference. <laughs> and it worked because nobody talked about it afterwards. Yeah. All right. Um, I did enjoy playing the Flash in that game. That was really fun. Other than that, like Mortal Kombat 9. Uh, actually, the one that was just labeled Mortal Kombat. I wasn't even Mortal Kombat 9. But 9, 10, 11, I have pretty much all of them. I feel like is ten Mortal Kombat ten is that where they introduced the X ray moves or was that nine? I think it was ten. No, because um, I think Mortal Kombat versus DC already did it. It might have been Armageddon. The X ray move? No, definitely wasn't in Armageddon because I had Armageddon. No, because I feel like they had it in Mortal Kombat versus DC. Okay. So oh yeah, you no, you're right. Because on the one of the uh, commercials that I had seen for that was the I think it was the Joker was doing an X ray technique. Yes, I think so. Actually, I think it, I think it was Armageddon was the was the one that it that started the X rays and the uh, like super moves because they do it in Injustice as well. Oh, it was it was uh, Mortal Kombat, uh, the game from two thousand eleven. And then it really came back for X and eleven. Hmm. Okay, I thought it was early. I, I could have swore that it was. In, maybe they maybe they put it in later because I imagine DC versus Mortal Kombat is a, is a pretty much a standalone game. It doesn't really follow much of the the lore in the universe, right? They just combined them a little bit. It was kind of like the multiverse theory. Yeah, well, I mean, because if you think about it, like if if DC heroes, even heroes and villains, were put up against Mortal Kombat characters. Mortal Kombat characters would be done immediately. Like, there's nobody fighting Superman. That that largely depends, actually. There are people. Especially well, maybe Shang Tsung because Superman's affected by magic. Yes, but, he is very much. But like, or if we look at Shao uh, Kahn, will still beat him. Shao Kahn taught Shang Tsung a lot of the stuff. Okay. Shao Kahn can snap his fingers and steal Superman's soul if he wants. And like, what about the Flash? Who's catching the Flash? Ain't nobody move fast like that. Cabal. Yeah, Cabal's fast, but he's not Flash fast. I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to make it a story how Cabal has tapped into the Speed Force. But the uh, way he moves, they could swing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, DC heroes, like even Batman, who sat down on the Throne of Knowledge, or was that the Throne of Knowledge? What was that? And it basically made him God. Everybody's been God in DC at in some point, <laughs> to be honest. And uh, shoot, even if uh, we combine like DC and Marvel, not Mar- DC and Mar- uh, Mortal Kombat and Marvel, like, could you imagine Deadpool trying to fight these guys? Deadpool would be hilarious. Deadpool murder Kombat. everybody. <laughs> no one's pe- no one's killing Deadpool. They'd be like fatality. Oh, there's a cell left. No. Oh, there Shang he is. Shang Tsung would steal his soul. Not only Shang Tsung, Quan Chi, and even Shinnok. Wouldn't it be Shao provided Kong? they had that little amulet thing? No, I thought Quan Chi needed the amulet thing to snatch people's souls. No, um, it's funny because you know how Shang Tsung and Quan Chi are both sorcerers. Quan Chi is more of a necromancer than anything else, but right, they're basically at fifty-fifty. Where Shang Tsung knows a lot. Shang Tsung is probably one of the greatest sorcerers out there, if not the best. But Quan Chi is his exact opposite because what Shang Tsung doesn't know, Quan Chi knows. What Quan Chi doesn't know Shang Tsung knows they, they're oh, okay. kind of they're equal in power kind of I mean I'm pretty sure as of MK11 I would change but they're they're kind of at a 50-50 they're, they're kind of like two halves of the same uh, wouldn't say coin but uh, same practice except he's more of a necromancer where Shang Tsung just steals souls he doesn't care about okay. the whole necromancy thing all right. Well, before we really get down into Mortal Kombat 11, which is really what we're here to talk about today, uh, because obviously that's the the newest game. That's what you know the professional tournaments are playing, and you know when you see somebody streaming Mortal Kombat, they're streaming Mortal Kombat 11. And before we really get into that, I feel like we should 
touch a little more about you personally, and then we'll get into a little bit of lore. So, you know, online, you're Yaucha Hunter. You play Mortal Kombat. Obviously, you're super into it. Uh, for our for our audience and our listeners out there, th- this man eats, lives, and breathes Mortal Kombat and Mass Effect. And you're also part of the Initiative Gaming uh, team. Mm-hmm. You guys are always doing stuff together, and even uh, some of you guys even stream and, and get that going. So tell us more a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about the Initiative. What what are you guys doing there? I mean, the Initiative, we're we're playing. Just to have fun. I mean, as much as it would be nice to be, you know, monetized, make money off it. I mean, it's basically just a group of people playing and having fun and shenanigans in everything. We've had stuff in uh, GTA where we do things just for the sake of being stupid. <laughs> and there's times where we screw up randomly. Like there was one time uh, Daddy Raul, he was flying a helicopter in one of the heists. And he randomly flipped over the helicopter onto the blades on our side because he caught a uh, a light pole. <laughs> and we're like, oh, five seconds away from winning this. Don't blow up. We don't want to do it again. And they're like, wait, wait, I saved it. <laughs> and then the helicopter smoke was like, okay, we got to land before this thing breaks. <laughs> and uh, there was another time we were in the middle of another one and we had to stop a convoy. We We failed it a couple of times. We were all getting a little stressed out about it so i put two sticky bombs onto raul's car and i put one in the front and one on his side uh i think it was his driver's side door and he decided to run up because he was in an armored car he forgot about my sticky bombs that i put on at first he came up he went over to the guy shooting a 50 cal obviously a bad idea with c4 on your on your bumper so it blew up and he flew off a mountain but this my C4 blew up. His hood went up first, and then the one on his side went up. So he did a backflip twist swan dive off of the side of a cliff. <laughs> that's just a, that sounds like a blast, actually. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, do we do take things there? seriously. Oh, yes. Totally. <laughs> we do take things seriously. We try and, you know, we'll play anything from Overwatch. We've played... GTA, we've done the Mass Effect multiplayers because all of us they are Mass Effect fans as well. Um, but we've actually uh, we've played with some of our with some of our uh, watchers. Anyone who watches Inuyasha Nero's stream, he uh, we've had people come on in GTA. We have had come people just chill with us on Minecraft, and um, yeah, we'll play with anybody's. If we gotta, if we need an an extra person in a group. Okay. I mean, you guys have played with one of our uh one of our Overwatch streams. Right. Right. Um so out of out of everybody, are you like the main Mortal Kombat guy? Does anybody else play? Um I'm not sure if Gerald does. Uh Raul likes to play. His son plays as well. When I went to visit him, we actually played it at his house. Um of course, I whooped both of them <laughs> and was undefeated. Yeah, that was a that was a fun time. And you know, and uh, somebody's getting excited when they're trying to play and they're very animated. His son was going like, if you looked at his chair, his chair was going in circles as he was like <laughs> bouncing up and down. <laughs> so as I'm playing, I just see him at certain points in a room at certain times. <laughs> That was uh, that was entertaining. That's pretty funny. All right, all right, cool. So you know, we we got to know you a little bit here. We got to know about the initiative a little bit. If anybody here is listening and interesting, tune into Inuyasha Nero's stream, um, and, and check that out. I bet that's a good time. Uh, so back back to Mortal Kombat. Let's let's kind of give our listeners. We'll, we'll pretend like the people listening to this maybe haven't ever played Mortal Kombat before. Maybe they're just interested in getting. Let's talk about the lore a little bit, like. So we have the Mortal Kombat Tournament, uh, which is a competition between realms for control of the realms. And they need to win a certain amount of victories in a certain ten. amount of time. Um, uh, it's not a certain amount of time. So they just need 10 in a row. 10 in a row. And then they maintain control. Uh, let's start there. Like, uh, Tell us, uh, what, is, what is Mortal Kombat? What is the story and why should anybody care? Well, for in order to... Uh... 
the guy from Outworld, the main boss, Shao Kahn, is trying to conquer the realms. And in order to, uh, I guess, stop this, the guardian of Earthrealm, self-explanatory, he went to the elder gods, the gods that are in charge of everything, and they decreed that in order to invade any other realms, you had to win 10 straight Mortal Kombat tournaments. So they have basically 10 tries to defend their realm to make sure that they will not get conquered by Shao Kahn. And the story follows everybody from multiple realms. We have Earthrealm and Outworld are the two main realms that are warring throughout the franchise. Um, there's also the Realm of Order, Realm of Chaos, Netherrealm. Uh, Edenia was a realm until Shao Kahn conquered it. Um, so, like, when it comes to the other realms, is there a Mortal Kombat tournament that takes place in between those realms for control? Or is that strictly an Outworld versus Earthrealm thing? Right now, it's just Outworld versus Earthrealm. Because the realms of Chaos and Order, while they fight, they're not trying to conquer each other. This is, for all intents and purposes, there's a god trying to um, conquer other realms. And that's really hard for normal people to actually defend against. Um, And there's different uh, earth realms. You know, you got all the humans and whatnot. But in Outworld, there's a guy from... He's basically... He's called Reptile. He actually has a name. I forgot what it is. Actually, I forgot to look that up. But um, he's basically what he sounds like. He's of a reptilian race from... Another realm that was conquered by Shao Kahn calls the Terra, I believe. And uh, you have Edenians, which are basically demigods. That's basically what Edenians are. And um, there's also half dragon people, the Shokan, which is Goro, Shiva, a uh, whole bunch of different other types of things that have nasty abilities or superpowers. Um, Earthrealm has a pretty decent mixture of magic, technology, and just random abilities with some people. So all these people from different forms of life in Earthrealm are invited to a tournament every generation to defend the realm. So you have Sonya Blade. She's a special forces, and she has a whole bunch of technology she can fight because, you know, the military combatives. Uh, there's another guy. He's just a random action star. <laughs> he's he's basically an actor. Everybody calls him on his being able to fight and think it's just like movie magic. But his reason for going to the Mortal Kombat tournament was basically to prove himself. Mm. Um, Liu Kang was a monk. Or he was part of the White Lotus Society, which is basically... Um, they're there underneath uh, Raiden, the god of thunder. And it's his job to protect Earthrealm. So he formed the White Lotus Society for people to train and defend the realm. I think Liu Kang was actually... um, He was a monk, but I think he left. I I forgot exactly what the canon on him was. But he did at at some point be a monk. Raiden also has like this interesting story where he's not allowed to directly involve himself in the tournament. And then one day he's like, not a heck with that, I need to fight, and gives up his status as a god and his immortality. That was in the second movie. I thought that was canon to the games. Nah, I don't think so. No? I think that was just the movie. Oh. God, he, uh, Raiden's always been the god of thunder, and um, there's times where he is gets more questionable as time goes on, because he kind of gets corrupted at some point. Because he's just trying so hard to keep Shao Kahn out. Shao Kahn is like the honey badge. He lost his tournament and he tried to invade anyway. And with the constant pressure from Outworld, Raiden keeps trying to get the Elder Gods involved. But with hit, without him actually stepping foot in the realm, they're like, oh, whatever. They just kind of keep blowing it off. <laughs> but um, yeah, at some point... You know, 
they go through multiple tournaments and the elder gods do get involved at a certain point and that's mainly with the uh, Mortal Kombat Armageddon when they try and be like okay the amount of fighting the amount of sheer raw power is shaking the realms and is on the verge of destroying them because of how much conflict is going on so they did that uh, that pyramid and put Blaze out to kind of get one person to call the, the numbers a bit. <laughs> He's like, whoever beats him can be good. So we have this really, and this is sort of unusual for fighting games. We do have fighting games like Tekken and Soul Calibur uh, and things like that and Street Fighter. And those games all have some sort of backstory for each of the characters. They have a loose plot line following through. Uh, the various things, but Mortal Kombat really takes that to a next level. It gets deep into the lore. It gets deep into the story, which I can't really think of another game that really goes as far as that does. Well, for the the commitment that they have, you know how you played the first ones, you could pretty much stand and punch somebody for like 10 minutes and win? Yeah. The original games? At some point, within... I think it was might have been trilogy. They started gaining getting um actual martial artists and they put them in a mocap suit and have them actually do the movements and all the styles that are represented. So they went out of their way to get correct forms and movements for the game with real martial artists. Yeah, you know that that concept in itself isn't that unusual for the Mortal Kombat franchise. Uh not as in-depth and detailed as it was for what you just explained. But if we go back to the very first game, you know, we're looking at a game that was developed by four people and they used videos of real people to put them into the game, digitized videos to get them in there, Yeah, which was something that no one else was doing at the time. And it created this really interesting experience uh, for the player. It created a realism on consoles that, Honest, honestly weren't really designed for realism. Yeah, even in the earlier games, you know when you had that little box and you chose the guy, he did a little animation? That was actually a person. That wasn't an animation. So it's like they, they've been doing stuff like that. And I thought that was cool. They're more involved. But um, they've been building characters. They've been building... The, the lore is... There is so much lore nowadays because of how much has either happened or changed... Yeah, I mean, we're we're talking about a franchise that has how many games? Like, it rivals Call of Duty. I think it's 18. Like, it's it's an insane amount of games. And, you know, we have... What do we have now? Four live-action films? We have, like, the two, the two main ones from the early 90s. Yes. The Machinima. And then the one that recently came out on HBO. Uh, HBO Now. Um, and then we have a series of animated films which were available up until recently on HBO as well. And I don't know if you remember in the 90s, but do you remember the cartoon? I remember the cartoon. I haven't watched it all that much. And by the way, there was two of Machinima. Oh, Machinima did two? Yeah. Well, they they went up... um, Let's see here. They they put more out. So that one... uh, Liu Kang, Kung Lao had a couple of things. They had they brought in Kenshi. Kenshi was awesome in this. If you haven't seen it, you should. Yeah, I, I actually haven't seen. It. I didn't. I didn't even know yeah. that was a thing. Uh, Sub Zero, Liu Kang. But yeah, you you're gonna be surprised with what happens near the ending of it. Hmm. Like I want them to make a third one because the concept that they put out on this would be freaking amazing. <laughs> I'm not gonna spoil that one, but just know the second one, things get real real quick. And stuff that you thought was from, like, back in the day and certain characters, you could be like, oh, damn, they finally did this. I want to see where this goes. All right. So, I mean, that that's pretty much lore there. Um, Actually, there's one more. Oh. There was a live-action TV show that I found a few years ago. I remember watching this, like, 2 o'clock in the morning is when it aired. Oh, geez, I didn't even know that was a thing either. I, I looked it up a while ago. It was a few years ago. I was like, there's no way there's going to be any hints of this TV show. And I actually found it and bought it. Uh, this follows the Kung Lao that won the martial arts tournament, the 
10 generations before. Mm. And it follows him and a couple other people. So if you guys get a chance, you should definitely check that out. It's pretty awesome. All right. Well, you know, let's let's get in. Let's let's talk a little bit about Mortal Kombat 11. And, and um, we have the lore and everything. Let's really talk about button layout at first. Mortal Kombat has had a history of complicated buttons to, to do anything, right? Your your basic special moves and whatnot, you know, down back square or down back circle or on the yeah. arcade machine or whatever was, was was standard. But like if you wanted to do something like a fatality, you know, or a friendship or a babality or anything like that, like it was always something complicated. You had very little time to, to get that done. And, you know, when we got up to Mortal Kombat Trilogy and they introduced brutalities, I, I've never met a person that could actually pull one of those off without cheating. Yeah, some of them were really long to do. And it took like three quarters of the time allotted to finish him in order to do sometimes. Right. So, you know, we get to Mortal Kombat 11. And I feel like the sheer number of button presses, your actions per minute are kind of down. But I don't feel like they sacrificed any of the complication for the button layouts. They just introduced new things. It's, It's less buttons. But you have more to remember now. Uh, would you would you say that's accurate? Yeah, I mean, it's always been a very technical game. It's not one of those games where you can just button mash a random layout and just, you know, beat somebody. You've, uh, there's strings of moves that they, that they put, and it goes from, uh, you have your normal four things. You have high and low kicks and high and low punches. And there's also, like, and you press back, it's a whole other move. Press forward, it's a whole other move. So you have like the front and back for the front highs and the front. And certain combos go from basically any of the four directions. So, I mean, whether you're trying to do a low move or high move. And uh, I think there's a couple of games that are like this where they're, they're combo. Um, they'd rather you be doing more combos. Than they are actually uh, just press these four buttons and they'll button mash to perfection. It's kind of crazy that you brought that up too, because the the mechanics for dodging and blocking really rely on you to be paying attention to what the other person is doing. So if you're if you're ducking and from what direction, right? And they use like if they come down like a jump attack mm-hmm. and you're ducking and you're blocking, they're going to crack you with it, mm-hmm. right? Or if you're blocking high and they go low, they're going to catch you. And when you're trying to pay attention to that, it may be really, really difficult to try to pull off some of these combos. And with the absence of something like a combo breaker from Killer Instinct, you're right. This really does turn into a very technical game. Yeah, and they, they've tried refining it over the last couple of games. They've had, they actually have had a combo breaker in probably in this one and the last one. There's, um, there's little bars on the bottom now for your uh, specials meter. Okay. So you have, uh, I mean, you can block, you can dodge. There's combo breakers. Um, is, it, is, it, is it actually like a combo breaker or is it just um, the grapple mechanic, which is nonsense and will infuriate whoever you're playing against? <laughs> I think it's more of a, um, it is an actual combo breaker because there are, I I've never been really good with them, so it's hard for me to explain how to do it. Like, you can be in a combo, and there will be a move if you can time it to actually break through. Right. I mean, I, I remember experiencing that in the uh, tutorial. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily classify that as a combo breaker in the same in, in the same respect that Killer Instinct does, because in Killer Instinct, you'll be hitting somebody a thousand times. You know, and they'll do a combo breaker. You'll get a whole announcement, and your character will get punched in the face so hard he literally flies all the way across the screen back to the other side. In Mortal Kombat, this is more like uh, you get this opening, yeah, and you're allowed to make a counter strike. It's not a yeah. true combo break. It's more like a counter attack that allows you to yeah, fall into one much. of your own combos. Yeah, I agree. They also have a wake up attack. So when you get knocked down, you can wake. You can get back up while in mid move. Which has helped, but this is also a kind of game that also penalizes you for bad timing. Because you know how um, 
easiest one to to bring up would be Raiden. You know when he does his dive, and if somebody blocks, he has that like two seconds that he'll spit in the air and drop. Mm-hmm. If you don't time a move, or if somebody blocks you in a specific move, I think Cabal does it too. If you try to run and somebody blocks it, you kind of have like that second where he just like bounces. Well, oh, they like like stutter like a recovery yeah. period. Yeah, so it's doing things. You have to really be plan how this is gonna how it's gonna go down. You got to make sure you get the person when they're not blocking. Uh, use moves that won't jeopardize that extra second or two that somebody can pull off a free combo. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely understand that. And let's kind of talk about like the actual button layout on the controllers. Now, I have Mortal Kombat 11 for the Switch. I haven't really gotten too in depth with it. Uh, because I'm currently playing like Pokemon Unite and whatnot. And I know it, it sounds crazy, but I really did just buy the game recently. Um, I was never real, real big into fighting games, uh, but I watched the movie on uh, HBO and I was like, yeah, I need to play me some Mortal Kombat. So I bought the game. And I, I've noticed that like the controller layout is pretty standard compared to other fighting games, such as Street Fighter, where you know, your high kick is your top button and then the low kick is the bottom, is, is the, the right uh, hand button and then your high punch is the left hand and then the low punch is the bottom. You know, you have the little square buttons. I guess that would be triangle and circle for the kicks on PlayStation and then square and X for the punches. Sounds about right. Um, so it's a pretty standard button layout. It's transferable in between other games. So they offer you this opportunity to not be confused when picking up the controller. If you have ever played fighting games in the past, you really shouldn't have too much in the way of a difficulty, at least figuring out the buttons. So button layout wise, we're looking at something that's fairly simple uh, to learn the buttons, but actually mastering how to use them is a whole other level uh, of learning curve where these combos, like you said before, they really do penalize you for mistiming. Like, the combo will just stop. Like, if you're not in... Either stop or it won't go as far as you thought it would. Right. Like Because there's actually distancing. There's stuff that's long, short, and uh, mid-range distance as well, especially with special moves. Okay. Um, Shang Tsung and probably, I think, most of the games that he does, he has this fireball that he can conjure up either short-range, mid-range, or long-range, or if you do it in the cycle, you can have all three in one attack. I think there's times where you could do front, mid, long, and long, mid, back, and now juggle a person. Juggling, yeah, that's... That's another I feel, mechanic that's I feel like, so annoying. <laughs> I feel like that's a newer mechanic, too, because juggling was always a thing in, like, Street Fighter, and it was always a thing in, like, uh, I think Soul Calibur as well. Yeah, so definitely Soul Calibur. Mortal Kombat, I don't remember the juggling being so prevalent. Remember in Mortal Kombat Trilogy, you were able to use Noob Saibot, and you could cast that little cloud thing that he did that stopped you from being able to attack. Mm-hmm. Then you would dive underground, uh, come up, it would slam the person to the ground, you can go into this three-kick combo, which sort of had a juggle effect to it, because you would start hitting the person while they were still in the air. But it wasn't like an extended juggle. You know, it's not, it's nothing crazy like some of these other games. Yeah, I've seen somebody play Cyrax in one of the games. He would go into um, the uh, explosive ball that comes out his chest. Right. He would have somebody go into that, have lay the three to have him juggle up to him. He would do an attack. He would do, his last thing would be an uppercut. And as you went to the other side of the screen from that uppercut, he would do the net and the net would bring you back. <laughs> and then he would do the the close, medium, and long range have you go out again and i was like he just took like three quarters of that dude's life away in one combo that's pretty that's pretty insane like what would you do about something like that since all right we, we talked about button layout and like it's it's pretty simple until you get into the combos where it's really hard and then the fatalities where you know good luck figuring those out without a strategy guide um they've made that easier now <laughs> actually um in this game maybe the last one too there's a, uh, if you go into the crypt and unlock stuff, you can get uh, easy fatality tokens. And you basically just got to press like L1 and X and it'll do the fatality or one of the fatalities. Oh, okay. But you got to find those in the, 
the crypt. Gotcha, gotcha. And I think you can pay for them now if you really wanted to. No! It's like a microtransaction if you really wanted to. Have a microtransaction so you don't have to learn the button combinations. Yeah. It's kind of genius, actually, if you think about it. Yeah, um, but there's so many things. There's friendships. There's mercy now. That one's a fun one. <laughs> mercy if... was always a thing. You always had to do like the uh, mercy before an animality, right? No. Nah. Like in Mortal uh, Kombat 3, I'm pretty sure you had to do Mercy. And then once you did Mercy, uh, it, it extended the fatality timer and you were able to do your animality. You had to do Mercy first. Oh, uh, okay. Thanks. I haven't seen that in a while, so maybe it was back in the day. I just haven't done it. Um, So, play-wise, like we kind of talked a little bit about this guy with his Cyrax technique. You know, are are we looking at anything that's like in other games, like say League of Legends, where like if somebody picks this character, you should pick this one to counter it? Do you experience any of that while you're playing? There is a lot of that because where certain people have uh, an advantage, there are people that can counter. Like Baraka is a close combat specialist, and if he's blocking a lot, and he can't. Um, if you get somebody who doesn't do close combat, if you get in close, you're screwed. Baraka will destroy that person in close combat. Hmm. So you have to like ping him with long range if you're going to play anybody that just does projectiles. Does Baraka still have that technique where like he, he scrapes his claws and like that spark flies off of them across the screen? Because um, I remember that was like his like main range Yeah, attack. that was one of his main range. I think it's been modified. It's still like the same thing. But I think it's been done differently. He still has that, you know, when he gets on his knees and he it does a little flail move. Yeah, <laughs> that thing you can't even you can barely even jump over. You have to like time that perfectly if you do it. Okay, but that's like a full frontal wall of no. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and of course, you know, there's characters that have reach, which is a pain in the ass. Jade is one of those where it's just most of her attacks go in with that bow staff. So her attacks can literally be within like two arm lengths away if you're playing a good Jade character. Yeah, that's cool that they they kind of gave Jade a niche in Mortal Kombat 11 because historically she was just bad. Well, back in the day, the female characters, other than Liu Kang, were the fastest moving characters. Did you just include Liu Kang as a female? Oh, oh, because no, he's fast. Yeah, okay. He's the fastest male character, I think. But... um. The girls were usually the fastest moving. Okay. Uh, now I think they've just broadened it a bit because now there's just everybody has their own special thing. So like there are definitely counters to everybody. There's people who can uh, reflect projectiles. There's a bunch of those. Are there any direct counters? So like if I wanted to say I wanted to pick a character like Sindel, if I pick Sindel, and you're gonna pick your character, then um. Who would you say would be like a direct counter to Sindel? Or do you not have like a direct counter? It's more like a class of character you'd want to pick. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I haven't really picked too many counters because I'm only good with a few people. So it's if I, whoever I can use, that'll probably be better against it, I guess. Okay. Like, uh, so you're looking more just like a. Like Probably a, a class. class. A classic. Yeah, you find yeah. people who are close range, people who are long range, people mm -hmm. who are more special heavy. Yeah, see, like that it's an important designation. And it's kind of cool that they, they open it up in a game like this where, you know, I'm not constrained to a box of one to two characters that I can use to fight a specific character, where it's like, all right, if you're gonna take a sh a, a close range character. I'm going to take something that's long range. And then I have like an array of, of choices there uh, to really satisfy like what I specifically want to do. Even a teleporter would even work. Like Baraka's little uh, flail thing. Okay. If you picked Raiden and did your teleport behind him, you have a free like second or two to just fuck him up from behind. Okay. Okay. And then, um, you know, if we're going to talk about the character specifically, you know, if we're, and we're going to think about like a new player, right? What would you say would be like the top three best beginner characters? No, someone who's never played the game before. Maybe, maybe they've seen the movies, but they've they've never actually picked up a controller and got on Mortal Kombat. They're going to pick up Mortal Kombat 11 as their very first game. 
what would be the top three characters that they should probably take a look at first to really get a feel from the game so that they have a chance to get some wins and not get discouraged from playing? Well, um, Liu Kang has always been one of their top tier characters. Like he has offense and defense. He's one of those characters that's like in in any game, he's your baseline character. I mean, he also happens to be the hero of the whole game, but <laughs> but he he's very I mean, as long as you get the combos, he has he has some decent combos that are easy to do. There's there's a couple other people that I guess combos would be easy. I mean, Sub Zero for me has always been easy. I'd love playing a Sub Zero, even without using his special like freeze. But uh the freeze ball, the the slide to gain distance while attacking all help out but I personally say Sub Zero is one of the better ones to he was always one, like even like in the older games where I don't know if he still does it in the new one, but he used to have that ice clone that he would pop out. Yeah, like you can still do that, and that was like really like one of the only like anything that came close to like a combo breaker. You know, someone's starting to whack on you or whatever, and you get a block or two, and you drop that ice clone, they would punch it and freeze. Yeah, I think that first, I think that first started with his brother, the uh, the second Sub Zero, the guy right. with the scar. Yeah, I think he was the first one that actually did that, if I remember correctly. I don't remember the original Sub Zero doing it. Hmm. I could be wrong, but that's the only one I remember first seeing it. Um, Does he still do that in Mortal Kombat Eleven? Is he able to make yeah, the ice clone? What they what they've been doing recently is that now they're giving you choices of special abilities. There's so many games and so many special abilities that they've done over the years where now you can choose, like they still have the mainstays there. So his ice ball will still be there. His power slide will still be there. But from over the years, you can choose three of your specials. Some being two, because some take a d- two spaces because they're just OP. But um, so you can have... Uh, there's one where he throws like a bunch of ice daggers, which is pretty cool. I like it's something that gives you distance because he spins backwards a step and then shoots a bunch like four or five projectiles. Okay, so we added a little bit of an ability to customize your character to the way you like to play in this game. That's also something that's pretty unheard of in the Mortal Kombat franchise. Yeah, they've been trying to customize a lot, in which they've even with their guest characters, you can kind of customize this. That's been a thing of Ed Boon's he's been wanting to do for so long as he wanted guest characters. That's that's awesome. Because like if you look at it, you know, Mortal Kombat always gave you a character and it was just like, here's his character and here's his kit. And this is what you're going to use. And now they're kind of giving you a character. Hey, here's a character. Here's here's the, the standard kit he comes with. And then we're going to give you a toolbox and you can select some items out of it. Yeah, and they've also been getting a lot more customizable. They've been giving you... Uh... A lot of cosmetic stuff now too, in which that comes from beating the game, doing towers and things like that. Well, that's that's just pretty much a standard in almost every yeah. every game out there. But, Shooters and and mobas and mm-hmm. fighters. It's just like skins and things like that. Oh yeah, and it, it's a brilliant scheme because people will pay for that kind of thing too. Oh yeah, and most of it, if uh, they say you don't actually have to spend money, it's just it's easier to get if you're gonna spend money. But if you want, there's tower challenges and. Everything that you can get is in the game. You just got to keep up on it if you play it a lot. That's even more brilliant. It offers players, like, say say you're, you're a person who doesn't really have tons of money, yeah. um, and but you still want to have the cool stuff. You have the opportunity to obtain it. It's just going to take you a long time. And then you have people who they have money uh, to just burn on stuff. You know, or maybe they're irresponsible with their cash. Some people are like that, you know. Yeah. And then they have this option for instant gratification. That's pretty that's pretty cool too. So Mm -hmm. meta wise, we have like Luke Hang and Sub Zero. Um where would you class Scorpion? Scorpion's my all time favorite character. Scorpion is a very good character. He was I would say he's a little bit more on timing than would be with Sub Zero because his uh his spear has to go out. Um couple of like he's a teleporter that helps out dramatically he is a very great character i do enjoy playing with him as a couple of times um he's currently he's actually ed boone's favorite character as well that's his favorite character of the franchise and he has fully admitted it oh man i mean scorpion's amazing scorpion's so cool yeah he is he is a very good character but i think he's he's at that moderate level he's not a you don't have to be hugely experienced, but he's at the moderate level. He's like in between the moderate and the the uh, less technical. 
Okay. Uh, we have about a minute left uh, on this particular segment before we move into the next one. And I really have like one question left for you here. And that is, if you were going to give a single piece of advice to a new player, what is the most important piece of advice that you would give them in order for them to be successful at playing this game and eventually becoming, say, a competitive uh, gamer? Well, with every with any game, it takes a whole lot of practice. Pick people that you're good with, that you like playing. Um, don't get discouraged in the first couple of fights. The more you play a character, the more it'll become natural to his button schemes, and you won't have to really think about it. Um, I play pretty decently with Cabal and Aaron Black. Uh, both of them are really good characters for me. Um, I've even played the uh, the alien xenomorph in another game, hmm. and he's so much fun. Just <laughs> talking about guest characters. So basically, it's like a real. You, what you're saying is, is, it's like a real casual environment. Just pick what you like, roll with it. Yeah, pick you know, what you and, like. Pick what the characters you think you're good with. And the more you play, the more you'll, uh, the more confidence you'll gain. The more like you may struggle with a certain combo, but after doing it twenty times, you'll figure. <laughs> I mean, it's just so basically better. do what you want and just yeah. do your best not to get frustrated. Yeah, don't don't lose hope. Don't really like if you don't win for a while. Notice that there's people who play this like every day, all day. You always every once in a while, there's going to be a guy that you just cannot block and you'll be juggled in the air for the entire time. But um, not everybody's like that. Don't get discouraged after a few crappy games. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to move into our next segment. What are you doing? New meta! Alright, this is the uh, final segment of the show here. We call this segment New Meta. And basically this is just like a looser format. And we're just going to talk for a couple of minutes about, you know, maybe some of the craziest things that you've pulled off that, you know, you can't believe actually pull, uh, you know, came through for you. Or maybe like an idea for a strategy that... Sounds like it would be a lot of fun that under no circumstances should ever actually work, but has potential to be pulled off. Or maybe you have used one of these strategies. So like, let's start, let's start with, um, you know, what's like the craziest thing you've ever pulled off that you just, you sat there staring at your screen. Like, I can't believe that just worked. The first one was probably in deception when I was playing Sub-Zero, when I was finally able to use his longest string against somebody. And I went through, it was two um, two fighting styles and the weapon style. And when I actually was able to do that against somebody without, like, the person blocking or countering, I was, like, I was really happy. Because, like I said, the more you do something, you'll get better at it eventually. And then it's just timing. So when you get a character's longest or best move down, and then you get into like a fatality afterwards. Like now they've actually included if your last hit is done right, you can go directly into a brutality. Mm. So there was uh, one character, I think it was Cabal, when I was playing him on the last game in Mortal Kombat 11. My last move happened to be the parameters for that brutality to come up. So it, there was no finish him. There was... I did it, and the brutality happened. That's awesome. You're just in there like, I was like, yes, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I was going to get it for a while, so it was early on when I started playing it. And uh, brutalities are now just that. It's There's certain things you need to do or certain types of characters that you need to play. And if your last hit comes from that particular string that you that's called for, you go straight into the brutality. Mm. And when you when you do that without recognizing it or without remembering to do those certain things, you get really happy because you're like, I just did a really awesome thing in the game. That's pretty dope. Uh have you ever been sitting there thinking to yourself, like you're gonna you're gonna play some Mortal Kombat 11, you're like, I'm gonna try this because there is no way that this should ever work, but I bet I can make it work. Have you ever had anything like that? Um, in Mortal Kombat, uh, it's probably some ability use. There's some there's some characters where you use their ability 
and if you time it right, the person you just keep using ability like twenty times, and the person can't do anything. Oh, that's awful. And you're like, this this shouldn't be a thing, but I'm gonna see if it actually works, and it has, and actually in a few games. Okay, I played as Black Adam in Injustice, and I did this one lightning bolt ability that doesn't matter where the character is, you get hit by the lightning bolt. Hmm. What about um, what about Mortal Kombat 11 specifically? Like, has there been like an ability where you're just like you just start hitting somebody with it, and you're like, I can't believe this is working. Um, probably against the the main villain of the game, Chronica. She's one of the Mortal Kombat's been very very difficult with their like main bosses they're always seem almost impossible to beat and they have these moves that string together so well and when you find out that one move that because normally specials don't work against most uh bosses but when you get a melee fighter and their special ability is them hitting something and you're like oh damn i just have cheat codes now (laughs) So like, you get energy attacks, nothing happens. You get stuff that you can throw, nothing happens. And then you're like, I get Liu Kang and I just bicycle kick the out of this chick. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, yes, at least one thing works out of the whole button scheme. (laughs) (laughs) Are there there any characters that you can think of off the top of your head that typically like one of their specials is just absolutely useless, but you've ended up in like the perfect scenario where it's panned out. I'm not sure. Like there's, there's a couple of characters, like some of them you can't, you give yourself an armor, but sometimes when you put the armor up, it just seems they stop any and all things that it affects. So there's other things like noob has his little cloud where you can't hit the person Mm. or that person can't hit you rather but uh i actually i don't remember if there was any times where i pulled out a useless move that actually won me something <laughs> well li- listeners out there if if you've ever had uh, a technique that you've utilized in, in mortal Kombat 11 where typically that that special move would be absolutely useless but it really panned out for you Send us an email at casually.meta.podcast at gmail.com and let us know your story and maybe we'll uh, read it on the uh, next episode. Um, well, I mean, in that case, uh, Yacha Hunter, uh, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I really feel like we got really down deep into the Mortal Kombat franchise. And unfortunately, this game is so, so many games. This franchise has so many games in it that I feel like in the future, we're going to have to revisit this. Maybe we'll come back and we'll compare the movies to the games. Uh, Actually, on a later uh, if there's uh, one other thing I would like to say, though. Back um, in the last game, before this one was even that I was even a thought for me. Okay. I had put a message up on NetherRealm Studios' uh, message board saying that I wanted to see a Elder God like say I had enough of your shit, we're gonna stop this right now. And I wanna see an elder god get involved. And then like I think it was like years later, they're like, Oh yeah, Mortal Kombat eleven came out, this is what's gonna happen. And I was like, Holy shit, they did it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Centrion is one of them that's like, no, we're stopping this. And then it's Kronika, which is her mother, if you didn't know that. I don't know if that's considered a spoiler by now, but it's been out a while. But Kronika is a Titan. And she's basically saying, I had enough of all your shit. We're restarting the timeline. And I was like, I can't be the only one that said this. They would have probably messaged me if I was the one that actually came up with this idea. <laughs> or just low-key, just been like, hey, this is great. Let's let's just do it. Let's oh, give him yeah. enough time to think. Maybe he forgot. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I doubt it was me in general. There was probably other people out there that said, you know, we want to see an Elder God get involved. And then it happened. <laughs> this was the game where they're like, the Elder God came down. I had enough of your shit. This is what's happening now. And I thought that was awesome. I felt really special for a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty dope. So they And they do have a history of listening to their gamers. So, I mean, it, it is a nice feeling when something that you like, you've been talking about, and they're like, here, we're doing this now. All right. All right, cool. 
Uh, you know, like I said, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug before uh, before we close out here? Any streams or anything you'd like to tell the audience about before we go? Um, and I'm thinking about getting back into streaming. I'm not sure when that would happen. Um, you'd see me under X Yacha Hunter X whenever I go on Twitch. I have it somewhere. I have to restart it and get everything set up. Mm-hmm. But um, if you want to see stuff for the initiative. Go to Idiosha Nero's uh, Twitch or YouTube at the moment. Um, you can see the shenanigans from whatever games we play. Uh, and if if you want to play with us, we'll usually be there. We'll usually say yeah if if there's enough of a uh, a queue. It's usually four of us playing at any given day. So if like it's Overwatch, I think that's five, right? Or six. Oh, I haven't played Overwatch in a yeah. long time. Well, there's always extra spots open for certain games. We'll. Would you were usually down to play? Cool, cool. All right. Well, in that case, uh, Yacha Hunter, it's time for you to walk the plank. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one, guys. Raise the anchor. Drop the sails. Spin the transporter. Aye, aye, Captain. Casually Meta is a Barrenland Studios production in association with the Thunder Bunnies Gaming Guild and the Roll for Gaming tabletop community. Links to both communities in the description. Captain 7C Savvy is played by Savannah Bagby. CJ the Beardless is played by Christopher Reinhardt and the crew is played by Christopher Schalm and Mira S. Intro music was done by Untold Journey and the transition and ambient music is by J.S. Merritt. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider joining our Patreon for added perks such as early releases and your chance to pick a topic for us to cover in future episodes. Thank you for listening and catch you next week.